Let's take our Bibles this morning, shall we? Turn to the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. If you'll follow along as I begin to read verse 8. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, now verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would afterwards receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were assured of them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Shall we pray together this morning? Our Lord and our God, we look to you this morning in the same way that Abraham and Sarah. And we ask, O oh Lord, that from their faith that you gave them and the faith that you give us, may we walk according to their example. May indeed, Lord, we learn to trust you as Abraham and Sarah place their trust in you. Teach us from these, your scriptures, these words imbued with your power that return not void, yet do a work. Do works in hearts and minds, saving those who have not yet believed and put their faith in you, Jesus Christ, to deliver them from the judgment to come and to bring them with you to a home in glory. And be with those of us whom you've already brought into your marvelous love, the kingdom of the Son of your love. And let us hear, sit, receive, and grow in faith. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith that pleases God is what we're looking toward this morning. We've been looking at the five proofs of trust. Five proofs of trust. Sometimes we wonder, are we of faith? Are we truly there where God would have us be? I'm sure many of you have felt that pressure. We've looked at the first 
two of these five. And it is striking to me that this book, if you will, this chapter of Hebrews has been called uh, the chapter of faith. And that is a good, a good title. But if I could retitle it for you this morning, I would do it this way. I would first bring you back to chapter 10 of Hebrews, verse 35. This admonition, this warning, even this command comes to us along with the Hebrews who first heard these words. Hebrews 10.35 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, your faith, if you will, which has great reward. Verse 36, here it is. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. I'd like to retitle this chapter, The Endurance Chapter. You could also say, Those Who Have Endured in Faith. Abraham trusted God. He proved his trust that when God called him to leave Ur of the Chaldees, by faith, verse 8, Hebrews 11, Abraham obeyed. Went to the land, not knowing what part or where he was going. Then he sojourned in the land in patience, dwelling in tents. His son Isaac would dwell in tents, and his son Jacob Grandson Jacob would dwell in tents, even though they were the heirs of the same promise, yet they waited patiently, verse 10, for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So this morning, now we turn in our study of faith that trusts God to Sarah, and how important that she is not left out by God, she is included in perfect fashion. Faith that trusted in God is proven by getting your strength from God. Trust in God is proven by getting your strength from God. Let's look at verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength. By faith, no less than Abraham. By faith, Abraham, verse 8. By faith, verse 9. But by faith, Sarah, verse 11. And notice how even the emphatic is put in there. In case you're wondering if this is just faith of Abraham, somehow that she piggybacked along, that is not the case. By faith, Sarah herself. Women of the men of faith, let me tell you something, need faith. Sarah, we're going somewhere. Uh-huh. God has talked to me. Uh-huh. Tell me about it. Well, he said, get out. Okay, any more details than that? Dear husband, he said to go to a land that he would eventually show us. 
Hello? Is that it, honey? Yep. That's it. I think we should go. Okay. Sometimes, ladies, I think you're sold short. I think you're told that by our society, wrongly so. We'd love you to feel in a second-class position that only the usurpation of a man's position of leadership would cause you any sort of status. Let's do away with that right now. With Sarah. Sarah is given equal billing here and is marked out as a person of enduring faith. Faith that we men cannot understand. You can't. You don't get it. It's not your job to get it. Understand it in its form, but this is different. By faith, Sarah herself receives strength to conceive seed. That's not a man thing. That's a woman thing. And I'm here to tell you, women understand this, having had them or not, this unique part of who they are. Women. And strength. The Greek term is well-known, dunamis. It can be translated power. It can be translated as it is here, strength. Even a God-given sort of ability. But in reality, it means a strength to do what they cannot normally accomplish on their own. It's power. Power is an important part of our lives. We live around power. If you're one who studies physics, the formula, power equals work times time. If you like that better in the electronics world, it's joules times seconds equals watts. I know that was very edifying. I threw that in just because there it is. Uh, by the way, well, weightlifters like the work times time, but we'll just lay that aside. Power is an advertising word. I've noticed a few of them just in my comings and going. There are power ties. If you want your teeth white, you can get power swabs. If you're a get video gamer and you really want to play, there's a power glove. Don't know what it does. Looks pretty fantastical. If you want to get something you didn't earn, come to you in a massive way, spent a dollar at a time with odds that are astronomically impossible, there's power ball. Good luck with that. Or if you've lived the week that we and our guests live this week in the world of plumbing. I found out toilets are important. Now let me, let, me, let me rephrase. Operable toilets are important. When they don't operate, we need power. 
And I found it. Consumer Reports. Top rated. Two of them. About the same. One had this name. Power Flush. Yeah, baby. Their own advertising. Seven billiard balls can be flushed. That's what I bought. I want power. I'm done with this. Me and Eugene gleefully installed it. But enough about that, which really isn't much power at all. But we look to power and we admire power. And Sarah herself also received strength or power to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Power. See, there's a physiological fact, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and that is the childbearing years for a woman are of limited time. That's why I always tell young couples, get busy. You don't have much time. The world would love to lie to you and tell you you have all the time in the world. You don't. You don't. Sarah would have loved the entirety of her life to have produced a child, but she was a barren woman. No children. And it's only in a twisted society like ours that we would come up with the idea that that was a good thing for her. Maybe she could pursue her own career. Maybe she'd go travel the world. Maybe she'd get all the accolades that academia has to offer and write books. I'll tell you what, every one of those women at some point in their lives is in mourning for the lack of children. I'm not saying that all are responsible for that condition. We are saying that that's a real condition, and it was Sarah's. And to understand her... Only you women can do it. To feel broken. Not able. Insufficient. A failure. Because she couldn't conceive. And then in her past menopause days, that's my translation, when she was beyond the age, there is an age where it can no longer work physiologically. That was the age in which power from God came upon her. Turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17, I'd like to begin reading verses, verse 1 through 4. And then we'll skip around. I wish sometimes we could read all of these things, but we cannot. But to understand Hebrews, you must go to the Old Testament, and so we must. And now we are here, Genesis 17, verse 1, when Abraham was 99 years old. I don't know about you, but that's not young. Even then, that was not young. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. You know what Almighty means? Powerful. I am the all-powerful God. 
he used that name for himself on purpose. I am El Shaddai. God, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I'd like you to skip down a little bit here. Verse 17. Over, excuse me, verse 16. Well, let's go to 15. Let's wrap it all in. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be your name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of many nations. Of nations, Kings and peoples shall be from her. Then Abram fell on his face and laughed and, and said, In his heart shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old, and shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? I want you to pay attention to this. Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. He tried to change God's plan. Now, none of us in this room would ever do that, but we know people like this, and we don't want to be one. But then God said, in verse 19, to Abram, now Abraham, and God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. By the way, that's an everlasting covenant. Can I make some emphasis here? That's an everlasting covenant with his descendants after him. That means cannot be broken even by erudite theologians who would like to do so today. We may not. Sarah was given power to conceive past the age of conception by God. Back to Hebrews 11, it tells us, By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, listen, because she judged him faithful. Faithful. She judged him faithful who had promised. This is about trust. This is about knowing God and trusting God according to his promises, not ours. Abraham tried to change the promise. How about we just shift this all to Ishmael? God said this, No. Brothers and sisters, we may not change our promises either. God is faithful, not to your idea of your promise, but to his promise. We may not reinterpret it. We may not rewrite it. We may not shift it. We can place our trust in it or not. That's the question. Sarah judged him faithful. That word means she considered him in a way she esteemed the position of God and became convinced 
The word also means being convinced that God was able to do what he said. It's very interesting that this word we have translated judged in my New King James Version and perhaps in yours as well. It also means this. It means to lead or rule. To lead or rule. To have the authority to lead and rule. And I look at it this way, that Sarah looked to God as her leader in whom she placed her trust. Ladies, you will always have to put faith in God as your leader and trust him as you are following a man who's following God. Because it's so easy to look at your failure of a man, and we're all failures. Men, can I have an amen? There it is. Ladies, I'm going to get you. You hear that rousing one? It's your turn quick. The question is, do we trust him? She thought he would be faithful to the promise, and God gave Sarah power to believe in him as well as to conceive by him by his power. This is the sense of it. Where do we fit into all of this? Is God going to appear to you, lady, desirous of a child in elder age, and you can maybe take this promise to yourself, God made Sarah have a child, he'll make me have one? No. The promise was specific to Sarah. She's becoming an example for you of faith in what God had promised her and her husband. We have promises as well as Gentile Christians in the New Testament. This does not mean that God won't open the womb. I believe God is still the God who opens and closes the womb. Do you? And in knowing that, we trust him in his timing. We trust him in his timing and the perfectness of his will. But if you will, take just a moment to turn to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Second Corinthians chapter 1, I pick up Paul's discourse in verse 8. There's been difficulty in Paul's life trials, tribulations. He now speaks toward those in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. Isn't that a good wish? I hope that people don't want me to be ignorant either. And I don't want you to be ignorant. And I'm sure glad that Paul and God don't want us to be ignorant. For I do want, want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia that we were burdened beyond measure, listen, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. So much was the trials and the tribulations that was going in the gospel ministry that God had called Paul and Barnabas out to do. Separate for me these men, God said. And they separated them, they laid hands on them, they sent them out, and they entered the gospel ministry filled with the glories of trial. above the measure of their strength, beyond their physical abilities, and they despaired for life. You think the Apostle Paul is perfect, right? Apostle Paul never had a dark day, never had a bad time. We look at Paul, and he's the guy. He's the man. He's it. 
Just be like Paul. You got it, baby. If you can't do that, just dare to be Daniel. It's easy. Wrong. It got so bad, so dark, so down, so awful that they thought they were dead. There's nothing that they could do. Verse 9, yes, we had a sentence of death in ourselves. Not only were we going to death, we knew it. That we should not trust in ourselves, he goes on, but in God who raises the dead. So why you think you're dead, we're dead. Oh man, we're dead. Remember this, God raises the dead and that's who you work for. I think you might need to repeat that more than once to yourself when you're this down. Verse 10, listen, Paul says, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we, not me, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. God is the great deliverer. You know, he's always going to deliver you. He can deliver you back to life so they can't kill you, or he can deliver you when they kill you back to life. Pastor Fred, I thought these messages were supposed to be encouraging. Well, that actually should be. When we're serving him and trusting him, then it all has purpose. Sarah trusted God when she couldn't do this thing. She judged him faithful to bring it about. There's another who's going to judge God faithful. And let me just give you a taste of him. Hebrews 11, verse 26. We go to Moses. Moses, who was brought up in Pharaoh's house, given all the privileges of that rank that he had through his adopted mother. Verse 27, Hebrews tells us, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, listen, as seeing him who is invisible. Now I want to skip back up to verse 26. By faith, excuse me, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Esteeming, that's considering. He esteemed God, he esteemed God's promise, and even the reproach of Christ, who was even future to him, to lay aside all the wealth and position in all of Egypt. He had the career. He had the position. He had the wealth. All he had to do is keep quiet that he was a Hebrew. But rather than that, he joined the Hebrews. That's trusting God's better promises. That is what Sarah did. Remember Hebrews 11.6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, now here we notice, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Sarah had to even seek this promise, to wait for this promise, because Abraham, it says, was as good as dead. There's an end time for women. There's an end time for men. When it's no longer physically possible. But God gave her strength. And that's what's marked in scripture. Now Abraham was not dead 
in the grave. This is hyperbole. It's a figure of speech. But every guy who's ever got to this stage knows that there's something wrong. Something's dead. And this is over. Remember, there's a promise here. I'm going to make you a nation. He's going to come from your own body. No, not from Hagar, not Ishmael, from Sarah. And without that, there is no Christ. There is no virgin birth. There is no Mary because there is no Israel. There is no tribe of Judah from whence Mary and Joseph can come. There is no Mashiach, no Messiah, no Deliverer. This is the promise of from the seed of the woman. God will save Genesis 3.15 in its seed form of revelation. Now being expanded and told to us the plan. Mary could not accomplish her great work without the power of God. Sarah could not accomplish it without the work of God. But lest you think these are people with no doubts in their minds, I take you back to Genesis one more time to show you that Sarah is not unlike you. As men, Abram is not unlike you. In our last reading, Abram laughed. In this reading, let's pick it up, chapter 18, Genesis, verse 9. Then they said to him, where is, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Okay, I'm not asking for raising hands, but if your husband's having a real important conversation, like with God, would you try to sidle up to the door and listen? I'm just saying she's just like you. And she's there listening. But then sometimes you hear things you're not ready to hear. Now Abram, Abraham and Sarah were old, verse 11, and advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah, here she is, laughed within herself. You can't laugh out loud. You're listening when you're not supposed to. She laughs within herself, saying, After I've grown old, shall I have pleasure? Shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also? I'm not going to do a lot of exegesis on that, but there's some theology there of childbearing. Pleasure. Hmm. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Here's the point. Here's the message. Here's what Sarah had to be told at that time because she's still listening. Because now she hears this. <gasps> I've been caught. She might have inched back a little bit, but I bet she just froze because you don't want to move or they'll hear you. Is anything too hard for the Lord 
That's a question. It's a question I pose to you this morning. Is anything that God has promised too hard for him? That you don't trust it. But I think if we really admit in the depths of our hearts sometimes, we don't trust the Lord. That if we do it his way, that we honor what he said is the way we should live and the way we should walk and the promises that are coming to us, we kind of say, no, this, this can't be, this isn't working. And we laugh in unbelief. And we need to hear this. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time. See, that's always the sticker of it, isn't it? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But here's Sarah, just like everybody else, just like you, and Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was what? Tell me, she was what? I got two of you to join in. She was what? Ladies, what was she? She's old. Men, you don't know what in the world this fear is. You have no idea. Those of you ladies who have had children who are now past that age, are you ready to try again? Let's be honest. No. You know what that took. What that takes. This is amazing. She was afraid and she said, no. And he said, but no, you did laugh. May we just admit all together there's times when we laugh. Did you notice in our last reading that Abram laughed? Abram laughed and he didn't get nailed like this, but Sarah laughed and she really got nailed. I think there might be two different ways of laughing. I can see Abram like a man. <laughs> Woo! Sounds good. Sarah's like, oh my. It's impossible. See the difference? I think that might be it. I'm not saying that's it. That's just my guess. But she's admonished. Are we laughing at the promises of God? Sarah conceived a child. You know what uh, she named her child? Isaac. You know what that means? Some of you know. It means laughter. <laughs> yeah, God gets the joke. A child of old age is often named Isaac because, wow, that's kind of funny. One more this morning. Trust in God is proven by embracing the promises of God. These have to go together. Back to Hebrews. Back to Hebrews. The 13th verse of the 11th chapter. I want you to notice this. These all died. Verse 
Verse 12, are the these. Therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Israel was born, thrived, and grew, and these all died in faith. See, once the promise is realized, you no longer have to place faith in it because there it is. The reality is here. These shall pass away, faith and hope. But the greatest of these is love. Well, faith and hope pass away because when you see the fruition of promises, you no longer have to hope or have faith waiting. These all died in faith, waiting, not having received the promises, listen, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. Faith that trusts God is proven by embracing the promises of God as though they are your own, holding them close to you as your own, given to you by God. They lived, they died without seeing. Yet it says they saw them. This brings us right back to chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, blepo is the root in the Greek, which means to see, the seeing of things not seen. That's faith. Faith isn't faith in nothing. Faith isn't faith in the unseen, the unknown, the untalked about, the unrevealed. Faith is in the revelation of the facts of God based on the person of God that we embrace them to ourselves because he is real and so are his promises. These all died. For those who say such things, verse 14, declare that they declare plainly, excuse me, that they seek a homeland. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let me take you back to the Old Testament, now the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua. Chapter 12. What are we doing there, Pastor? Isn't Sarah and Abraham... Aren't they in Genesis? Yes. But Israel has gone to the land of promise in Joshua. Verse 7. What did God say to Abraham? I'm giving you this land. Now here's what they had to do to take the land. And these are the kings of the country which Joshua and the children of Israel conquered on this side of the Jordan, on the west from Baal Gad, in the valley of Lebanon, as far as Mount Halak, and the ascent to Seir, which Joshua gave to the tribes of Israel as a possession according to their divisions. Why were they given possession? Because God had promised. Here's what they did. Now here's what I call the countdown or the count up of kings. These are the kings of the country which Joshua and the children of Israel conquered on this side of the Jordan, on the west from Baal Gad. 
And he goes on. Now verse 8, in the mountain country, in the lowlands, in the Jordan plain, in the slopes, in the wilderness, and in the south, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, all named by God previously. Listen to this. The king of Jericho, one. The king of Ai, which is beside Bethel, one. The king of Jerusalem, one. The king of Hebron, one. The king of Jarmuth, one. Kids, if you're keeping count, I'll give you extra if you know. The king of Lachish, one. The king of Eglon, one. The king of Gezer, one. Isn't this fascinating reading? The king of Debir, one. The king of Geber, Geder, one. The king of Hormah, one. The king of Arad, one. The king of Libna, one. The king of Abdullam, one. The king of Makeda, one. The king of Bethel, one. The king of Tapua, one. The king of Hefer, one. The king of Aphek, one. The king of Lasheron, one. The king of Madon, one. The king of Hazor, one. The king of Shemron Meron, one. The king of Akshaf, one. The king of Tanakh, one. The king of Megiddo, one. The king of Kadesh, one. The king of Joknim in Carmel, one. The king of Dor in the heights of Dor, one. The king of the people of Gilgal, one. The king of, the king of Tirzah, one. All the kings, 31. Why did I read that? Because his promise fulfilled as long as they kept walking in faith. Go take the land, I'll give it to you. But they never finished. So these all died in faith. 13.1, now Joshua was old and advanced in years. The Lord said to him, you are old, advanced in years, and there remains very much land yet to be possessed. This is the land that yet remains all the territory of the Philistines, and all that of the Girgashites, and on he goes. I wonder, did they start to laugh at the promises of God? When in Deuteronomy, God told them that they would go into the land, and he tells them, I'll give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. Houses full of all good things which you did not fill. Hewn out wells which you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, beware. Lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt and the house of bondage. How are we doing with the promises of God? Are we seeking a homeland, that kingdom? When Jesus taught his disciples to pray and said, Pray thus, thy kingdom come. Do you believe that? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, or do you live like you don't believe it? When's the last time you told someone about your new home you're going to? I know the Jehovah's Witnesses can do it. I want to know if we can. They got it wrong. We can get it right. How can we get there? 
we follow Abram, who became Abraham. We follow Sarai, who became Sarah. And we believe the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless, listen, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Sarah thought him faithful, and she had a son who became a nation. Jesus is coming again. Believe it or not. If you laugh at that, let me say this. Is anything too hard for God? Let's pray. El Shaddai, Almighty God, in you we trust, and you alone. You who sent your Son, Savior of the world, to die on the cross, we trust that his work in our place taking your wrath on himself that we deserve for our sin really happened. And by virtue of our faith in him, we may have eternal life in the kingdom and forevermore. Let us be people who live like it, that we might die in faith or see it after the rapture, which is also promised. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.